Welcome to the Student of the Game Fire Podcast with your host, Danny B. Stephanie White has been a backstep firefighter paramedic for the past 18 years in Fairfax, Virginia, where she is assigned to Station 9, Engine 9. Stephanie has been fortunate to educate various fire departments nationally with creating policies that focus on reproductive health of female firefighters, along with publishing various articles in Fire Engineer Magazine. With that being said, I present Stephanie White. My name is Stephanie White. I work for Fairfax County Fire and Rescue. That's right outside of D.C. in the Virginia, Northern Virginia area. All right. And um, how long have you been in the fire service for? Fire service total is 20 years this year. I had a couple years as a volunteer, about two and a half, and then 18 years career. Okay. And what's your current rank? Current rank is technician. So you driver? No, we have in our county, we have technician rank for all the different specialties. So it's an opportunity for hazmat, tech rescue drivers and EMS personnel to be able to promote to a specialty position. Okay. Okay. Well, okay. That's different. Cause most of the time when I hear technician, it's like, okay. So it's, you, yeah, it's driver. Yeah. Oh, every department does it different. Okay. Okay. So you, so you spent your, you're on, you said you're on your 20th year right uh, as of right now. And I take it you're still in the back and still loving the job. Still in the back, still loving the job. Um, I probably will retire professionally at year 20 and I plan on still being in the back then. Okay. So this is your, so what you're saying is this, this is potentially your last year. No, no, this is year 18 career, 20 oh, years you, overall in the fire service. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, okay. Well, how long do you have to do in Fairfax? I know everywhere's different. So we actually have to do 25, and then we have a, a three-year drop if we want. Mm-hmm. Um, 20 years is early retirement, but just between sleep deprivation and I did <laughs> injure my spine three times, it's kind of, uh, I, I love, absolutely love some of our um, our firefighters that are just now retiring, but man, watching them limp out the door yeah. because they didn't step back with those injuries has kind of been a very eye-opening experience. So uh, we'll see where I am at year 20. If I can keep pushing and injury hasn't gotten worse, I will, I will stay in, but uh, I'm kind of waiting to get that spinal surgery that everybody needs with this injury until after I leave the field. I'm not going to be one of those guys who gets the surgery and then undoes it it in six months. Yeah. 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 Okay. No, I totally get it. I totally get it. Um, so, uh, are you, are you a generational firefighter in your family or are you the first? I am the first, which will be interesting because I have two, two baby boys and their dad's a firefighter as well. So I'm really, and he's first generation. So I'm really curious to see what they choose to do with their life. Okay. All right. Um, so what inspired you to become a firefighter? Like, or, or what happened? What triggered it? Never in my life was it on my radar. In fact, I remember my very first field trip. I mean, every kid does a field trip to the firehouse. And I remember just thinking, this is really, really boring watching the kids put on the gear and the masks. So it was never something I ever considered. But I was fortunate enough to get to travel with different humanitarian projects 
across the world each year of high school. And I remember one year thinking, you know, I'd love to go into some sort of medicine in a third world country. So I came back and a buddy of mine said, well, I'm an EMT. I said, what the hell's an EMT? So my very first night in the volunteer company, the career staff pulled me aside and they said, kid, what are you doing here? And I told them, and they were amazing. They enrolled me into paramedic school up at their academy. And then in our area to be a paramedic, you have to be a firefighter as well. Mm-hmm. If you're going to go career. So I thought, oh, I'll suck it up, do the fireside. You know, it's probably going to be boring. And I remember my very first burn, just thinking, this is exhausting. <laughs> this is the hardest I've ever worked. This is the most fun I've ever had. This is the most I've mentally had ever had to challenge myself. And it just, it, I was hooked from there. It just, it was so much fun. So I really fell into it. Unlike a lot of people who, who strive for it and train for it and prepare for it and work mm-hmm. for it. I, I was very, very fortunate that I had gotten my paramedic beforehand so I could just fall into the arms of suppression. Okay. Uh, so I take it are all the apparatus of Fairfax um, ALS or just certain? They are all ALS except for we do have BLS ambulances. Gotcha. Okay. So I take it. Um, how, how does it work? Are you do, do you do a do you do a tour where like you're on the engine for a cycle and then you're on the ambulance, or is it like you can strictly decide which one you want to stay on? You so for example, my house will be on the medic unit a tour, and then on the engine a tour. Our trucks and our heavy rescues have medics on them as well. So if you're at a house, uh, there's a company right down the street from us. They have a heavy rescue and a truck and an engine and two medic units. So you'll just, if you're a medic, you'll just kind of roll right through each one. Gotcha. Okay. 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 So that's how you guys do it. Okay. Um, And for those that don't know, uh, can you tell us uh, a little bit about Fairfax, the the size, how many personnel? I think we are currently between 1500 or 1700 firefighters were a pretty large department if you've ever watched any kind of cia movie you'll recognize the name langley uh-huh. so that's uh-huh. that's our kind of western northern tip area and then you come all the way across the county and we have the historical george washington estate mount vernon so lots of different movie-esque locations in our county uh-huh. and then you have many different socioeconomic groups in between. So it's a very fascinating place to work. A lot of historical stuff, a lot of government stuff, but then you have just general humanity all in the middle. So Right. Right. Uh, I can say uh, I know a little bit about Fairfax because my uh, sister-in-law lives in Burke, Virginia. So okay. uh, whenever we go, I have definitely like when we drive around, I'm like, Oh, there's a firehouse here. But what's interesting is I don't want to say you guys are, are you technically a combination because I've seen volunteer departments within those stations. So we are technically a combination department. All frontline units are staffed by career personnel and then volunteer can augment that. So for example, Mount Vernon, if they're doing a race or something like that, you'll normally have volunteer units staging for different public events, Marine Corps marathon, they'll send some units, so it is very helpful for that during the summertime to be able to have volunteers staff those auxiliary units and, and kind of take care of those different events. So that way you'll have more frontline units 
operationally ready to go to run calls. Okay. Okay. Cause I think last time I was there, we passed the place, uh, they were green and white. I think it was called Dale city. So that's Prince William County right down the road. Okay. Okay. So maybe we're in a different County. All right. Um, so what would you say the culture is like within your department regarding pride training calls and camaraderie? That is such a complicated question <laughs> because, because of what I just said, how you have Langley at one end and Mount Vernon at another. Okay. All right. With, so with, well, no, I can answer that. Okay. It's just okay. gonna be it's gonna be a different answer than gotcha. I think because each firehouse is so unique in terms of the population that it serves, that I think it really comes down to each each firehouse's is own little department or each battalion, I would even say. So battalions are about six firehouses. Okay. Each battalion is almost its own fire department because each area is so unique. For example, where I am right now, you have these beautiful, beautiful states along the river. And then we have some of the lowest socioeconomic people in the county in our area that make up a large volume of our calls. That's going to be so completely different from the McLean area where a lot of the politicians live mm-hmm. and have their primary residences. So it really comes down to battalion pride um, and just the camaraderie there, the shared experiences there between different calls because you do run a lot in the day with the different companies right to your right and to your left. So I think it's really broken down. I think when you have I can't speak for other counties, but I think when you have such a large fire departments, your battalions are sometimes the size of the smaller departments around you. So it right. it becomes that smaller camaraderie thing. You just I, I can go my entire career without seeing somebody who works on the East End. So okay. it's something that's very hard to manage department wide. Right. Right. Okay. Um, so how would you say the camaraderie is at your station? Cause I've seen, I've seen a couple of your clips and it seems like, you know, you guys like most firemen do uh, cut up, have fun, which is all part of the job, which is what makes the fire service great and not feel like just a regular job. I'm going to brag on my shift for a little bit. I I truly think I I have the funniest shift in the entire county. Um, It's a very diverse shift, not just culturally, but just in terms of age, in terms of experience. It's, it works, whether it be because everybody is there for the right reason or everybody is a little more, I can't say anybody's mature. Let's take that off the table. (laughs) But for some reason, it really the combination works very well. And we do, as you can see on the internet, we do cut up. We do have a very, very good time with each mm-hmm. other. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, and that's that's kind of rare because, you know, you have some stations or some departments as large as yours where, you know, that sometimes that goes on and, and, and most of the time it doesn't. But I feel like a lot of, especially now and in, in this time, I feel like the the camaraderie might get lost because, you know, we're, we're as firefighters, we're battling this, this generational difference. You know, these, these new guys don't know, blah, blah, blah. You know, you hear this from, from, from the old timers, the, the seasoned veterans of the department. 
I think in part the old guy at the firehouse is me. So <laughs> all right. Uh, and make no bones about it. I fail at that at least once a day. I will look at the newer guys and I will catch myself saying some sort of back in the day or, well, this is what I had to do. And and I fail. I catch myself doing it. Um, and there are absolute generational differences. Listen, the youngest guy there was born in the beginning of the 2000s and that is such a struggle for me to wrap my head yeah, around no i totally get it yes he it is. he was he was barely alive for 9 11 so there's a whole cultural event in the country that shapes the fire service that he wasn't around for mm-hmm. so that that is difficult but i think because the the older person at the fire station happens to be a mom, I do think that does help because I I do make myself pull back and say, okay, knock it off, you know. Right. He's here to he's here to learn. His attitude is right. He has a great attitude on calls, um, and all our younger guys do. And plus, they if I get like that, they mock me incessantly anyway. So mm-hmm. it's not like I would have the chance to be truly degrading about it. They put me in my place with anytime right. I get grumpy about it. Okay. And that really, I think all of that really comes together to help everybody feel safe and comfortable cutting up. And you know what? The generational differences work because there are things that the older generation can learn from the younger. And right. I think since it's a smaller house, we're a little bit better about that. Mm-hmm. Um I think when you have the bigger houses, it becomes a little harder because egos feed off of egos. When you're at a smaller house, there is nowhere for an ego to hide. It's right. going to be absolutely blasted, destroyed the second you walk in the door and everybody mocks you so that it just makes it easier Okay. to create that culture. Okay. All right. And are you currently, are you on a, uh, well, no, I don't, I'm going to, I'm going to rephrase the, the, the question. Um, engine or truck? Engine. So we have an engine, a medic unit, and an ambulance at our house. Okay. All right. Uh, and if you have to choose one for the remainder of your, which I, I'm not, I'm sure you've been on timeout where you've had to ride a, a truck or so, but if you had to choose one, it would be engine. Okay. So we just added medics to trucks. I want to say 2016, as mm-hmm. I was leaving a truck house. So I have never never been a truck person it has always been the engine of the medic for me okay all right and typically uh what's what's a because i'm sure you guys do 24s we do so the first day of our we call it a tour Uh was yesterday so that was sunday yeah sunday so we'll work sunday tuesday and thursday and then we'll be off until the following tuesday oh okay okay Gotcha. So you do like a 24 on, 24 off, 24 on type thing. Yes, sir. Okay. Okay. And on a typical shift, uh, how many calls, how many calls do you guys average? That is completely seasonal. I think since COVID, (laughs) uh, we, we were the busiest house in the County and then there's just been zero predictability since COVID, um, Uh summertime, for example, a shift. So I feel like we have three shifts. A shift, B shift, C shift. And I feel like there's always one shift getting absolutely whammer hammered and running mm-hmm. the 17 to 20 calls a day. Mm-hmm. And the next shift is saying, I, I don't know what you're talking about. We ran five. 
So I think right now our A sh- or I think B shift is getting whammer hammered right now with, you know, running the 15 to the 17 okay. and we'll run maybe, maybe 10, um, come summertime that one, that's completely out the window. Right. No units will be in the house at all during summertime. We'll all be passing ships in the night, but right. there's right. COVID has really changed your ability to estimate any kind of pattern. It's very mm-hmm. weird. Yeah. I, I, Cause I can say for, for, for my department, when during the start of COVID and during the height of it, our call volume went down. And like, for me, it was awesome. Cause like when I left to go to work, there was nobody out in the roads. I was like, Oh man, this is great here. And then all of a sudden once we're on, I could definitely say we're on the, the other end of it. Now it's starting to, looks like the call volume has increased definitely agree. I think there's still a lot of middle-class families that are a little more wary about calling 911 and going to the hospital. Mm-hmm. So you're seeing people using primary care providers more mm-hmm. than they would, mm-hmm. which uh, I am, I'm not going to complain about at all. Talking all right. about <laughs> over overburdened emergency rooms. Um, so that's, I think that's part of it, but yeah. Okay. Just like everybody else we're seeing, fewer fires at the moment and just I, I think this summer everything will kind of build back up and okay we'll be back to pre, back to pre-2020 gotcha gotcha okay um so what keeps you personally invested to stay positive and continue loving this job the shift the people um you said you've seen our shenanigans on instagram it's just knowing that i can walk into that firehouse and i have tried there's been a handful of times that I have just been unhappy with the world, grumpy, hormonal, whatever. And I have walked into that firehouse wanting to be left in my misery and in a bad mood. And it is not possible. I think the longest I've managed is maybe five minutes. I mean, the second they see that something is going on, they will throw every tactic at it. They'll try to make you laugh first and then they'll pull you aside and say, Hey, what's going on? But Mm -hmm. it is, impossible when you have a good shift to be in a bad mood. And I think that will always keep me coming back time after time after time. And then that translates into the calls. So if you have a horrible negative shift, you don't even want to run calls because running calls is never cohesive. It never goes well. And then you're angry because the job isn't being done properly. When you have a good shift that you love and good camaraderie, the calls then just become this very cohesive, great piece of, I hate to use this word, but teamwork, because that's truly what it is. It's, yeah. it's an overused word, but teamwork. And okay. that won't get old, hopefully. Okay. All right. Um, what are your ultimate goals? This Because I really want to hear this one. Ooh, are we talking in my fire department career or are we talking fire service at large? Um, let's just say in your, in your fire department career. Fire department career is to, oh, should I say this out loud? Someone, someone might hear it and make sure it doesn't happen. Um, <laughs> fire department career would definitely be retire out of the house that I'm in now. It's a busy little house with a great crew. Honestly, that's my goal is just to, to show up to run the calls, to continue to do the training and to be good at my craft. Mm -hmm. Um, That's such a short answer. 
So I would have to add on within the fire department to to see the things that I struggled with and others that I care about and love struggled with change. So the stigma towards mental health obviously is the big one that's on everybody's tongue, um, but also reproductive health, the studies that are coming out with both male and female firefighters showing how hard it is for firefighters to get pregnant and then to stay pregnant. Also when females come back from having a baby, most places, a lot of places don't have paid leave. So they come back quickly and then they have all these pregnancy injuries that aren't checked for by their doctors because nobody, when they see a pregnant woman thinks firefighter, they think secretary or nurse or school teacher. So they don't check for traditional injuries that can actually ruin our careers. So to see that change within my own department um, would be something I absolutely want to accomplish within the next two years is okay. how we handle how we handle the reproductive health for the male firefighters because they're still learning what oppositions they're facing and to correctly handle moms who come back to the workforce. Okay. Um, can I ask, uh, why no promotions? And I, and, and I just want to hear answer either way. It's not, it's not good or wrong, but I just, I just like to hear why. Cause it's, cause from what I, what I'm gathering, it seems like you're going to retire as a backstep. I'm going to retire as a backstep. That's the plan. Unless I will retire at the 20 year mark on the back step. And when I say retire, that can also mean leaving the field. So no matter what I told myself, I need to leave the field and and go get surgery by year 20. Mm -hmm. Now, if I am ticked off enough at the culture around me, I will promote up Um, to me the bucket of that fire engine is the most fun you'll ever have in your whole freaking life. And I, I just, I don't have a desire to be an officer being someone who has 18 years in, I do have a unique span of influence that I'm okay with. I'm okay with that level of influence that I have. And I don't need to be an officer to have that. We really don't teach enough about backstep leadership. I think Mm -hmm. people think to enact change, they have to be an officer. Mm -hmm. You don't. You can absolutely be a backstep leader. And I would rather stay back and do that. Unfortunately, to enact cultural change, you often do have to get promoted. So if I'm pissed off enough at the year 20 mark, then I will go find an office spot, promote as far up as I can, because what am I going to do? Retire and be bored? So that, that will be seen at the 20 year mark, which way I go with that. Okay. Okay. No, I I love your answer because, you know, you hear so many, or I've heard a good majority, you know, uh, of different officers tell you, you know, promote fast, promote often. But then on the, on the other end of that coin, I've talked to people I know that have promoted to officer positions. It's like, you know, Hey, after six months, how is it, man? Is it everything you thought? And they're like, no, I hate it. And I wish I can go back. And I'm just like, mm. like, it's, it's, it's interesting. It's an interesting take. I think you can clearly see who has promoted quickly. 
because their ability to handle any kind of personnel crisis or anything that requires interpersonal skill. Mm -hmm. um, you see it, you, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. You see this look of panic in their eyes when anything arises that requires a conversation, right. um, whether it be to the shift or to be one-on-one. -on -one. And we don't discuss enough. Hey, you know, we, we do talk about honing our craft mm -hmm. at the end of the day. It's an inherently dangerous, dangerous job. Mm -hmm. You have to know your craft and hone your craft. I'd like to add on top of that. If you're going to be an officer, you need to be practicing your interpersonal skills daily. You need to be having difficult conversations with people as a firefighter, as a technician before you advance up. Don't freaking wait to do conflict resolution when you're already a lieutenant and right. already doing that stuff. Practice it before because it is a tangible skill. It is something that you can practice and learn and get better at. Why would you wait? And you can clearly see who's waited and who hasn't. Yeah, no, I agree with you on that. I definitely agree with you on that answer. It's funny too, because my, where I'm at now, my, my officer, he's, he's newly promoted. I think he's uh, probably, he's getting ready to, I think, go on a year. Super nice guy. I love the dude. Awesome. But uh, so we had an incident where, you know, I'm a fireman, I'm going to make mistakes and I own up to my mistakes. I'm very vocal and open about it. So there was something that happened. Luckily, nobody got hurt. A piece of equipment came off the truck while we were going on a call. No, nothing bad, nothing, nothing broke or nobody got hurt. And at the end of the night, you know, he texts me. I was in, I was, I think I was in my bedroom or something. And he texts me. He's like, Hey, uh, can you come off from it? And I'm like, yeah, sure. So I, I walk in there and he's got like this look on his face and I'm like, Okay, I know what's gonna happen here, but it, it was funny because it was like cap, like it's fine, man. Like he had to give me, I had to, uh, I had to sign a, a written verbal warning, and then, you know, it's, I told him, I said, I, I own up to it, it's my mistake. But he had that look, like you know, sheer dread. It, yeah, and it was like cap, like you're good, man. I'm not mad at you. I understand. I, I happily signed it, and I was like, this is a learning curve for me, for you. But like you know, you, you don't have to. You don't have to have that look because I could tell as soon as I walked in, I was like, okay, I'm probably getting written up here. And he didn't want to do it. And I was like, Cap, it's it's all good. So I totally relate to 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 your answer on that. It's it's I hate to say funny. It is kind of funny to see newer officers um when they go to give you discipline because their focus is so much on maintaining a good standing or a friendship with the firemen. And yes, I can, I can understand that everybody wants to be popular. Well, most, most people want to be popular, but there's also at the end of the day, it's, it's okay to let your person know they screwed up. It's how you let the person know they screwed up. Mm -hmm. It's, Hey, this happened. So what are we going to do to make sure it never happens again? And you have to figure out how you're going to phrase that with each person. Right. Like with me, look, you, I don't know if I can cuss on your show, but look, yes, you, you asshole. can, you can, yeah. it's yeah. fine. <laughs> look, asshole, don't ever do this again. It's going to work really, really well with me versus maybe someone from the younger generation. Okay. Here's right. how this happened. Right. You know, here's why it happened. Uh, here's a game plan to make sure it never happens again, or tell me your game plan. But 
the focus of that I feel gets lost lately on people just being worried about, oh, I don't want this person to not like me. And that's okay. We're still going to like you, but focus on, focus on that officer part of it. Of mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How, how are we going to make sure this never happens again? Right. No, totally agree and, with you. I saw, I didn't mean to cut you off. Go ahead. No, you're good. I hadn't said uh, anything. Okay. Okay. Um, I do have a question. So what sparked the fire engineering article you wrote with about uh, it's currently titled getting along with females in the firehouse. So first things first, that title was never supposed to be that title. That title was a placeholder. <laughs> um, and I, I, I sent it off to my editor. I didn't think twice. I meant to change it later. And then suddenly it was published. And I, I didn't think it would be a big deal, but 400 or 300 something comments later on Facebook. And I found out it was a big deal to many people. <laughs> um, so apologies for the title, people of, of uh, the fire engineering Facebook world. Um, I just never thought of a better one. Right. That, that article really came about from things I had witnessed and experienced in my career as a female. But then from the other side, things that I had witnessed women do wrong. So things that dudes had done wrong and then things I had seen and and myself done, you know, the harms that can be perpetuated on both sides because Mm -hmm. you can see some some very toxic culture in some departments. Yes. Absolutely. I'm not going to make any excuses for that. But then... Also, I think it's very hard as a female to not be guarded. And I think when enough things happen, you become the bitter Betty. And I think you do develop an attitude where maybe you look for things just because you're in such a place of personal self-protection. Um, and I think you then go on the offensive and things that aren't meant to be offensive suddenly mm-hmm. become mm-hmm. offensive and and that's that's just where you'll see this horrible negative feedback loop between both toxic cultures. And I really wanted to address that because you the one side that we hear about is that toxic culture that can be perpetuated by some males. Is that harmful? Is that dangerous? Do we need to always be addressing that? Yes, absolutely. But Female firefighters, or I'm sorry, I've been asked to refer to them as women firefighters okay. by, by the Facebook community. Um, women, we don't get a pass at that either. If we are doing something to per- perpetuate the harmful situation, then that needs to be addressed as well. I have seen some of the younger generation come in and flat out feel like making that pot of coffee is something they're being asked to do because they're a female. No. Every male rookie before you has been told, right. hey, make, make sure there's always a pot of coffee on. Right. So I think addressing those things and nipping them in the bud before they become a completely new culture with the younger females was something that was important as well. Um, I know we're in a culture of asking why about everything, you know, which is great because if you stop and think about it, we were never taught to question or asking why I was so discouraged. Yes. Yes. It was disrespectful. Yes. Right. So you could ask me some things and I'm going to say, fuck, 
fuck if I know part of the French. Um, I don't, I don't know why I, I never got to ask why, if I asked why I would be out there free washing day four or five times. And, you know, for the rest of the afternoon, I didn't ask why. So it's not the worst thing that the newer generation is asking why, but we need to make sure that with that, why comes the understanding of, all right, I'm going to tell you why you're making that pot of coffee. You're making it because you're doing these tiny little things inside the firehouse under no stress, no pressure to prove to me that you listen and you listen well. So that way on the fire ground, when there is stress and pressure, I already can trust that your ears are open and that that you listen. You've proved this small element to me already. Mm -hmm. So that, that was just something that I kind of saw start to slow roll down the tracks with the current female generation. And I wanted to address it before it became its own big, horrible monster. Right. Right. Okay. Cause I, I, I do remember seeing a comment where I think you put on there, like, you know, mo- most of your comments were well received, but you always have, and I'm just going to say, you always have some dicks out there that, you know what I mean? They're, they're just, it, they're just setting their ways or the keyboard warriors are going to type what they, what they want to type behind a keyboard, but would never say it to, to an individual's face. Oh, absolutely. Okay. Um, there were no go ahead go ahead no there were definitely a couple of those in there yeah yeah um so what have you seen if any are some challenges with being a woman and getting into the fire service oh that's a loaded question before lunchtime (laughs) (laughs) some of the challenges So I will say this, I think my department has definitely changed many of the things that they did wrong when I first came in. Okay. But the way I look at it is if I'm a large Eastern department, I'm probably 10 to 15 years ahead of maybe a smaller, not picking on the South. No, you're right. Smaller, smaller Southern department. So I guarantee there are departments still dealing with these issues today because I'm I can sure. think of it. I can think of at least one small department in Pennsylvania that only has one female at all. So I, I think there's still Southern departments just hiring their first females. Mm-hmm. Um, I think not know howing to, I'm sorry, not knowing how to speak to females hilariously um, is one of the issues. I think people are terrified in some situations of working with the female. And so they choose a more hostile, cold attitude instead of just treating a woman like you would any of the dudes. Um, And either sometimes that cold nature is on purpose because you don't want a female in the firehouse yeah, or it's because you don't know how to handle or what to do with the female in the firehouse. And I think that's where it comes down to knowing your people. Okay. Sitting down, inviting that female firefighter into the conversation. And and honestly, I am I see no harm and no issue with a female is coming to your station, your shift, your department for the first time, sitting down with that shift and saying, Listen, guys, I know we like to make raunchy jokes all night long. That's fine. Let's tone things down. And let's make sure we know where this female's humor Limits. line is. Yeah. 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 Because 
I can come into a firehouse and offend every guy at that table with my humor. I mean, it, it all depends on the female. Mm-hmm. So protect your shift in a way. And really you should be doing this in this day and age. You should be doing this with any, with everybody. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Beca- because you never know where somebody's religion, humor ri- line, sexuality, gender, all of it, where their humor line is. So you right. should be respectful. Right. But so let, let's not make that a female or male thing with any new firefighter coming in, find out where their sense of humor is and respect that. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, if there's someone who every joke you make, that's offensive, that's offensive. Okay. We might need to sit down and have a, a conversation about the fact that you joined the fire service and we have dark humor and you might need to have a conversation with that person. Right. But making sure you set your shift and that firefighter up for success is so important and it's not talked about enough. The way we talk about it is we have a female firefighter coming, nobody have any fun, like Mm -hmm. no jokes, no nothing. And you can't do that. You cannot reasonably expect a shift to not make any jokes and have them not start to resent that firefighter being there. Mm-hmm. And also, what's that going to do to the stress level of the shift after a bad call? If, if I can't come back and make some really fucked up dark humor jokes, mm-hmm. then you're you're adding a bad stress level to my day and to every other firefighter's day. So, right. No, I, I, you're back. absolutely right. Yeah. Just, just be a be a freaking adult. Sit down, meet the person, learn about the person, and you know what. There is nothing wrong with straight up saying, hey, listen, we tell dirty jokes here. We, we, this, we, that. Um, However, we want to know from you, you know, what we can do to make sure that we're being respectful to you as a human being. Say that. There is nothing wrong with that. Why can't we all be adults? Yeah. No, I firmly agree because the, one of the worst things I think you could do if you are getting a female is if, if from the top down, it goes, hey, you guys are going to cut all this stuff out, blah, 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 blah. And then what I think will happen is let's say firefighter A and firefighter B are both males. And like, you know, firefighters like to show like uh, jokes or crazy videos from, you know, from their phone, from social media. And then female firefighter walks in and then everybody just stops. Wait, what are you guys doing? Nothing. And then walks away. That's going to make her feel a certain way, which in return, the shift will not will not be cohesive like it needs to. Oh, absolutely. And that's going to translate onto calls. She's already going to feel awkward and maybe then she'll hesitate asking somebody to hand her something or to help out with a task that she needs help with. Um, Or a guy might hesitate to ask her with a task because he's like, well, I've been a dick to her all day. Right. I'm not going to now ask her to help me. Just be adults. Find out, find out about, yeah, it's, it's the craziest thing to me. Yeah. That in 2023, that's still something that isn't being taught by fire departments. Um, it's actually one of the next articles I'm, I'm going to write. And a class that I'll be teaching later this year here in Virginia is how we have to get rid of that corporate EEO model. Because this is what it teaches us. It teaches us to shut everything down and it's not realistic that corporate right. eo training that we have to do on target solutions every two years <laughs> is just the dumbest thing in the world 
Nobody Ugh. in my firehouse is wearing a pencil skirt. Um, nobody in my firehouse is going home at 5 p.m. Exactly. You know, yes. We need, we need to be having functional training for people who live with each other for 24 hours, who see life and death situations and experience life together. You know, Reach. divorces, babies, depression. I mean, come on. We have to rewrite and rethink how we do all that harassment and EEO training and make it freaking functional for the fire department. Reach. Yes. You are so, you are so hitting on the nail because I recently had to do mine and it's like, yeah, this is not made for firefighters. No, well, it's well, not. Like you said, these employees in HR and no offense to my HR department, but you go home at five o'clock. You don't see what we see. You don't have to deal with what we deal with. And for us to sit down and, you know, and, 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 yeah, I just, I don't want to get in a rant, but I hate that. And I hate whenever we do get somebody new and you get a chief officer that's going to come up to the crew and go, hey, you guys are going to cut this and all that. That doesn't solve anything. And it's just the revolving door of crap that just keeps getting recycled back. And not to belabor it, there there does have to be certain things that are taught. So that way, if something goes wrong, we can we can look at the Department of Justice, whoever, and say, "Listen, we made them do the training. Mm-hmm. Don't touch, mm-hmm. don't touch each other inappropriate." Right. So you know what? Even if you make me do that on Target Solutions, so you can check that little box, that's fine. Come through and give us that actual, real, functional training, then. Right. Right. All right. Um, with your and, and uh, hopefully this question, uh, I don't want to rubbed the wrong way but with your husband being a firefighter uh and and you getting into the fire service did he give you any tips and tricks like hey listen this is probably how this is going to go down you know you, you you can watch out for this type of type a personality like did he give you any 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 helpful guidance with that so i actually did not meet it's now ex-husband Um, Oh, sorry. 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 (laughs) No, that's okay. We get along like peas and carrots. um, So it's, it is a okay. Okay. But I didn't, I didn't meet him, I think until about two years after I joined the fire service. Okay. So no, I was flying blind in a lot of things when it came to joining the fire service. But luckily for me, um, I had these amazing preceptors when I was going through, I was going through the county's in-house paramedic program in Prince William County, where you were talking about um, the green and white fire truck, that county. And I, I, I had these two amazing preceptors who realized the impact they could have on the, on a 19 year old intern. I think these poor guys probably went and locked themselves in the bunk room and screamed for a good five minutes before coming back out after meeting me because they, they knew we are going to be in charge of teaching this poor female teenager. Listen, here are all the things that could go wrong if you act this way and this way, and this way and this way. Mm-hmm. So before I got on the job, I had these really great guys taking care of me from Prince William County who truly sat me down and explained a lot of the cultural things that I was up against as a young female. And that was just invaluable advice that I wish so many other females could have gotten. Um, and even, you know, even 
even male rookies. One of my biggest complaints is I came into the fire department. I have four brothers. So you want to talk and five male cousins who live down the street. I come from an Irish family. You want to talk about a, a competitive against male, female. I am the, the stereotype of that. So okay. when I came in, very aggressive, very competitive. And everybody kept saying, Stephanie, you're the pro. We play the game, play the game. And to me, the game was making the coffee, staying up late to do the night watch, you know, doing all those traditional proby things. Nobody actually sat down and explained the game involved shutting the F up and just listening and learning. And even if you knew it, staying quiet and pretending you didn't know it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's something that's, you know, we really, really should be doing a better job of explaining to our male and female rookies is the quote unquote game. So other than than that portion of it, I had some rock stars teaching me where to go and how to act and and what to do. Did I always listen to the advice? No, I didn't. <laughs> right. But but I had some amazing people who prepped me for it. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. Um, in your opinion, what are key elements or factors needed to make a good firefighter, regardless of rank? Same as any other any other athlete. I mean, we use the phrase tactical athlete all the time. You got to be coachable. If you, like me, my pro year, walk in and you know everything already, <laughs> um, you're, you're going to get broken down. And uh, hopefully if you get broken down, you learn to be coachable. But if you're one of these people and we all know them, in fact, when we talk about this, three names probably popped into your head. Those people who just cannot take feedback, no matter what, they are never going to be the firefighter that they could be, mm-hmm. whether it be their attitude, you know, maybe they're a rock star on all the physical things of it, but their attitude just makes it so that people don't want to work well with them. Um, or you're embarrassed that you are physically struggling with something. So you're going to be snippy about it, whatever, and not be coachable And that you have to be coachable. You have to know how to listen and how to accept feedback. You know what? Maybe that feedback is absolute crap. Listen and dump it. You know, it's, it's funny. I was at a drill recently and a guy with, I think three years on gave me just the dumbest feedback I had ever heard. And I just, everything in me wanted to, you know, throw something at the guy. And it just, and this would not have been me eight years ago, but I just, you know, smiled, nodded, moved on. Right. No matter what level, what rank, what time in you get at, it's just going to be better for the team if you learn to accept feedback. Don't have to take it, but learn to accept it is I think the number one thing. Number two, learn how to get along with people because you know what you are going to there are going to be days when you're going to want to punch somebody in the face you have to have this incredible level of self-control and of interpersonal skills when you are living with human beings for 24 freaking hours a day mm-hmm. and you may not have eaten you might not have <laughs> hydrated you might not have slept uh, you might have absolute crap going on at home with family, finances, whatever. We are truly placed under the worst interpersonal settings that I think 
anyone can be placed under. And mm-hmm. uh, you have to know how to combat that because you can't blow those relationships. You can't ruin them. You depend on those people with your life. And I don't think we emphasize that enough. Right. Learn, learn to get along. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I can't remember who, oh man, I was listening to this interview, but uh, somebody asked a question and the firefighters response pretty much was don't be a dick. Like, you know, have compassion with one another. Cause I was just actually just talking be- before this interview, I had an interview with Chris snow and we were talking about how firefighters are the best when it comes to showing love, brotherhood, camaraderie, but we can be savages when it comes to tearing, tearing our own. It's like, wow, where did that come from? It's amazing. And what's even worse with the fire service is um, we are really exceptional about that snowball effect. Mm-hmm. Like if we decide we don't like somebody, I mean, we're just going to roll downhill and yeah. we're going to pick up people along the way. Yeah. And when we have a negative spirit in the fire department, we have the ability to turn an entire fire department negative mm-hmm. in, in, I think within three months, I, I've, I've seen it firsthand where just you get a handful of bitter betties and maybe Mm -hmm. they create their own closed uh, Facebook group Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and maybe, you know, 200 of them sit there and bitch. Well, let's think about this. If 200 people with a span of 10 people, let's say 10 people at their firehouse or 10, 10 people that they interact with daily. So 200 people, 10 people that they can reach. I mean, that's an entire fire department, right? right? Right. So you have to be so careful with that. You really do. Don't be a jackass. Don't be a dick. Don't try to ruin your fire department. Don't try to ruin your shift. Don't try to ruin another human being. Yeah, no, I agree. And to me, if, if you're like that, it's just, it's time for you to go. Like if you're that unhappy, go. There are other fire departments hiring. And then when you mention that, oh, I'm not leaving anywhere. Well, stop being an idiot. Like what is your deal? Just I think- so something a buddy of mine and I were talking about the other day is we made fun of, isn't the right term, but we, there was a generation when we came in, the guys who started in the seventies and early eighties, and they were all divorced and they all hung out with each other 24 seven and did just everything, you know, and the, the ones that were married or remarried, you know, brought their wives along. And it was just this culture of always being together. And we would, we were like, what is this? You know, I don't want to be, love my shift, but I don't want to be around them 24 seven and all that. And I think now that I'm towards the end of my career, I look at those guys and it's like, okay, I see what they did there. Um, They all had these shared experiences and they all learned to get along through that. And they all were each other's support system because this job is an inherently mentally draining job. I mean, you just, come on. Yeah. Even, if, even if we're not running brain tissue on the, uh, the pavement every day, we're still seeing sad things that accumulate throughout the day. Right. And those guys created a culture. Maybe it was a little too codependent but they created this positive family culture that was an extreme. And now looking 
back at it, it's not so extreme to me anymore being close to retirement because I, I've seen just how much this job mentally robs you and takes away. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's, I think there's a bit more of a happy medium necess- um, compared to how those guys did it. But I get it now. I understand it now. And those guys weren't the guys trashing their department, by right. the way. Right. You know, you, you do have, you do hear the grumpy older, oh, back in my fucking day. That's different than the guys you see now who are just dragging and trashing their department. Mm-hmm. Um, because in the eyes of those guys who are always with each other, they are their department. Why would I trash myself and my, my quote unquote brother? Right. So that's something that's definitely changed too, that we need to figure out how to get that back. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, last question for you. In your opinion, what do you think the American Fire Service can improve on? Ooh. Um, you know what? I'm going to go with one we already talked about, which is the harassment model, because I think that is applicable to every single fire department out there in terms of training your people to have adult conversations and the vast effect that can have on the culture of both a individual firehouse and a fire department. Because if you look at the fire departments that consistently get in trouble, because there seems to be a pattern, it does seem to be the same places. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. If you look at their culture, it's, people refusing to be adults and then you have to wonder what kind of training they had um were they taught hey you don't have to be this rebellious obnoxious level of joke making just because you feel somebody said you can't make any jokes because we do see that if you tell a fireman not to do something they're gonna do i mean we're gonna do it we're we're gonna gonna do it on purpose exactly so obnoxious with it Exactly. You see that. You see that within the fire service. And it's just, we're destroying a beautiful culture by not teaching people how to have, my old battalion chief used to say, courageous conversations. And it is a good term for it. It's a buzzword, but it's a good term. Teach the American fire service in these changing times how to have courageous conversations, how to find it where people's comfort lines are Mm -hmm. and you know what if i walk in and i've got pretty stingent comfort lines and you keep saying something offensive in front of me you know you and i can have a conversation offline but also realize that if you are truly trying your best and you keep dropping jokes or whatever but you are trying you should be able to get grace from me the person being offended if I see you're trying, because we live together for 24 hours a day. Right. Like, can you imagine if we went home and we treated our spouses or whoever? Oh my God. With, with the <laughs> stringent nature. <laughs> like, I mean, uh, we, screw up, we screw up all the time around our family members. Can you imagine uh, if we just at, at family gatherings, we're like, you know what? Nope. We're not going to have a, not going to have a conversation about that. And we yeah. treated them with these arbitrary firehouse rules. No. You cannot do that. Yeah. So that, yeah. that would be something I would change about the American Fire Service. Okay. Awesome. Well said. Because I can tell you, I get in trouble daily from the missus, the boss, where she's like, hey, 
just a reminder, you know you're not at the firehouse today, right? And I'm like, I'm just picking, but yes. So I, I totally, I totally get that 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 sentiment for sure, for sure on that one. Um, but no, this is uh, I appreciate you having uh, I appreciate you letting me have you on here. It was great talking and shop with you. Um, is there anything else? Uh, I call it like shameless plugs. I know you said you have an article coming out, so if you want to just maybe talk about it, so that way other firefighters can can expand their horizons, open up their minds on females in the fire service. No, I haven't even written it yet. It's just <laughs> uh, it, it needs it needs to get written for next month. Okay. Um, okay. No. Well, well, no well, well. Just you could tell them where where they can look for it. When I write, it's for normally for fire engineering. So you okay. can find my my deep musings on there. Okay. Okay. Awesome. Um. Well, like I said, I appreciate having you on. It's it's been great. Um. This was a good conversation. I think more conversations like you have stated need to occur within, regardless of it's females, it could be different religions. I mean, uh, the, the, the rabbit hole can, can go down so deep. And I think with how the world's going now, the, there's going to be another type of issue. I think that's going to come out with the fire within the fire service that hasn't happened yet that I know of, but it's just important for firemen to know that we're all human firemen. Well, traditionally most firemen that I know don't see color, don't see sex. All we care about is as long as you could do the job and get along with your fellow brothers and sisters, that's all we care about. And I think something firemen always forget. And I think this is incredibly, incredibly important for the next generation. These are our firehouses. These are our calls to run. This is our freaking department. We need to be the ones to step up and say no and to mold the culture of our departments the way we want it to go. So often, I think we throw up our hands um, and we say, no, you know, it's well, the fire chief is leading it this direction and the assistant and the deputy and all of them are saying this and doing this and they're running the fire department into the ground. Well, there's how many of us compared to how many of them? We are the ones running around on the streets daily. We are the ones able to influence each other and therefore influence the tone of the department. It is your department. If there are issues going up on, stand up together and say something, do something. And if you can't do it that way, at least influence the tone of the firehouses. Well said. Awesome. So, well, like I said, I appreciate you having on, Stephanie. It's been great. Just uh, hang on just a little bit longer uh, as I finish this up. And um, I just got to, we'll talk behind the scenes real quick. All right. Thank you, Danny. All right. Thank you. If any of the listeners out there are or know of a great firefighter who embodies the principles of being a great communicator, goal-oriented, hardworking, humble, passionate, and professional, regardless of rank, career or volunteer, contact me at studentofthegamefirepodcast at gmail.com. Until next time, stay focused, stay committed, and stay safe.